You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow. Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if you told it. Hello? Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. What is up? Yo. This is the movie show. Of course. <laughs> right here. On your favorite radio station slash podcasting service. That is the one. <laughs> this is the movie show, right? You're on Active FM, and you are listening to the soothing sounds of my vocal cords. Definitely. Flapping back and forward <laughs> at approximately, well, between 20 and 20,000 hertz over this microphone. The fact that you said flapping off the soothing, <laughs> like, just. <laughs> It's like soothing, flapping. Wait, what? Yeah. Um, where was I? You were giving us the, yes. the details. Of oh, yes. You're listening thoughts. to Ryan. Yes, yes Ryan and... <laughs> and Sash. Yes, on, on the movie show. <laughs> on the movie show. And today we are reviewing a film called Beautiful Boy. No, it is not a romance film. That is the first question Ryan asked me when I, I told him about... I thought it was. Because beautiful. I was just like, what? Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. boy. What? Yeah, no. Boy. Yeah, but don't worry, it is not a romance. It is, in fact, a drama. And it's a 2018 film. It is a brilliant film. I've actually been wanting to watch this movie for a while. So when I went on my Timothy Chalamet, looking at all his films, this one did come up because it does have Timothy Chalamet in it. But it, 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 it's not like a well, well-known film. It's not, And yeah, I think the title itself, you're just like, what is that film about? Beautiful Boy. But I'm very glad that I ended up watching it because it definitely is worth the watch. But it is an emotional ride. I would just like to state that before we even start, it is not a happy movie. It is. A, it is a. It, it is a, ha- a. No, it's not a happy movie. The ending's good, um, but it's not a happy movie. It ends. You know what? The way that it ends is is very interesting. I'm not, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna spoil alert um, it for anyone. I don't want to do that. No. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. It definitely is. It's like this, this, this. You sit there and you're like, sure, <laughs> it grips you. In fact, I was telling um, my father-in-law, I, I was because I watched the movie a bit and then I had to stop and I had to go somewhere else and I had to come back and I had to finish it. And then I went and I sat, I went and visited my father-in-law and I sat down and I'm like, you know what? I'm busy watching a movie. Then I explained the movie. Then I was like, the problem with some movies is they really just grip you in, right? And you're like, you're like, this movie until you finish watching it. So. But even I found the day after, I it kept playing on my mind. Like yeah. it's it's one of those yeah. films that it really sticks with you. Yeah. But it was very it was very good. It's it's yeah. it's a it's a for me it's a good film. It's one of those. Quite quite interestingly uh, enough, um, in interviews with uh, Steve Carroll and, in fact, I- I- even the you know some of the actors in there, the the question that came across to them was, "What was your experience in in this movie?" And uh, I had the same experience because they were like, you know, and the first thing Steve Carroll said, "Well, you know, I've got I've got sons at home, and whenever I got home, I like just gave them just that extra little squeeze tight type of thing because right. <laughs> you're so so the movie has such a big impact no, on really you, does. like it really makes you think about stuff. And um, interestingly enough, uh, w- this movie is a true story 
Because and I thought that somewhere throughout the film, and then at the end, you know, it gives some I some didn't. some updated. That's what yeah. I think caught me at the end as well. I was like, sure. I was like, I was oh, still great. wondering, like, I wonder. So to give you just a brief summary of what the film is, it's the journey of a father and his son. The son is a drug addict. He does crystal meth and he's addicted. And it's basically, it's, it tells their story. Now, I wondered who in the cast had, or who in the production crew had an addiction. Because it was very, the way it was done was very authentic and very real. It was, it really, it, it almost, you know, I want to use the word educated, but it's not educated. But from that perspective, it really gave you insights into... First of all, the life of an addict, but then also the father or the parents of an addict. Because you don't often think... Do you get what I'm saying? You don't think yeah. about the parents... Because the parents themselves... I don't know if you know this, but they are support groups for parents that have children on drugs. Was that where they went at the end? Yes. That was a support it's, group there's for... support groups uh, for parents. Sure. And after watching this film, you understand why. They actually do need the support groups. Because like they also are in a state of trauma and... They're actually grieving someone that possibly... Because they're always just waiting for the call that says your child overdosed. So in a sense, they've, they've lost their child a long time ago. The child's living, but the child's, the child's gone. And they, I mean, at the, when they do go to the support group in the film, there's a lady who shares how she's, she lost her daughter. I can't remember how many years ago she said, but she said, I lost her so many years ago. But I got the call on Sunday that she'd finally overdosed. And so from that perspective, it was very, very powerful. Now, background to the film, it is a true story. And if you go and do research, you can actually, you, you can find the actual to the father and the actual son. So um, they, they, they actually, the, the reason this story came about was because they both wrote books about this whole experience. The father wrote the book, Beautiful Boy, which the film is obviously named after. And then the son, he wrote a book called Twitch. Was it Twitch or Tweak? I think it was... Tweak. Uh, I think it was Tweak, yeah. Yes, it was Tweak. So um, Nick Sheff, he wrote the book Tweak, and his father, David, wrote the book, A Beautiful Boy, which was a father's journey through his son's addiction. But then also on top of that, the screenwriter also had written um, a book about... His experience of, and he had actually himself been a drug addict. So the screenwriter himself also was a recovering addict who then wrote. So it's, it's but, and you can, you know, you can get, you get the, the realism in the film. Like, you know that this is actually from personal experience because it really pulls you into the world of the son, the father, and yeah. But it was, it really is. It's an amazing film. The, this film won two... It was nominated for a lot of awards uh, around different um, film awards, etc. But it won two of them. So it won, first of all, from the Hollywood Film Awards, it won Hollywood Breakthrough Award for Breakthrough Directing, which went to the director, Felix. And then it won Supporting Actor of the Year, and Timothy Chalamet won that. So it did win two of the awards. I actually think it won more than just two of them. Those were just the two that I decided to pick out. But it was nominated for... It, it got a lot of nominations. And then I stand to be corrected, but I think it was 10. 
it went away with 10 of the awards. The budget for the film was 19.3 to 25 million US dollars. That always confuses me. Like, did they have a bad accountant on set or something that they never know the actual amount that was spent? Uh, I think so. Like, well, roughly, uh, yeah, you're looking 19 at about... 19 to 25... Yeah, so it was roughly 19 to 25 million, but the box office, it only made 16.6 million, which for me is, is wrong. It's not, the, the, people would call this a box office flop, and it's not a flop. It really is not a flop. I just, I don't know, it was one of those films maybe that didn't get out there. Well, how did you find out about this film? Timothy Chalamet. Oh, right. <laughs> I think... Yes, it was that. Okay. I searched films that he'd acted in, and this one obviously came up as one of them. And yeah, but I think this was his one of his breakthrough uh, roles as well. Oh, really? Eh? It wasn't his first, but it definitely was one of his. Yeah. That really like came out and stuck out, mm-hmm. and then people uh, recognized him. Yeah. Oh, cool. But then also maybe the reason it wasn't well known was the director himself. Um, this was one of his first in fact um, I think this was his first English film (laughs) so the first film that he actually yes it's his first English language feature debut so in other words it's the first film he did in English yeah because he's actually from Belgium yeah so they speak uh, what do they speak in Belgium (laughs) Belgium (laughs) (laughs) so good question actually yeah the minute I I actually saw him in an interview I was like oh that's interesting uh, also, I noticed in the interview, uh, the actors like spoke first type of thing. Usually, it's the director. So, uh, Felix, tell us, how did yeah. you come around? And then usually, he talks, well, you know, wada wada with uh, yeah, yeah. this guy, yeah, wada. Um, he didn't talk too much. So. Shame. He was probably new to everything. and But his directing was, was amazing. The, yeah. the, the, the cinematography was brilliant. I loved the composition. Like, there were some points where if you, if you know, like, good photography or you know all of that you know that your subject must fill the screen they don't have to be directly in the middle of the screen but you know there's it's always you want to you know fill the frame with your subject and there were times where he didn't do that and i almost felt like the the subject was lost in the frame and it was almost chaotic but i loved the fact that he did that because i was like it's making me feel uncomfortable and it's, it's just bringing across the emotion of how uncontrollable the situation is. So even in that, it was brilliant. Like just the composition of shots and what was in the frame, what wasn't in the frame, how big it was in the frame. It was brilliant. Yeah. I, I found there were like a lot of big close-ups. Yes. Like, you know, head and chin, forehead yeah. and chin type of shots. And uh, specifically even, yeah, like you said, the parts where Nick like was like, uh, like whatever, or whatever. Oh, no, Nick, sorry, I'm yeah. father. And, and there was a lot of like, um, like those last shots, especially like you don't see where he is. You just really get how he feels yeah. right now <laughs> type of thing. And for me, that was like, sure. Yeah, no, it was very, very well done. Did you know that Brad Pitt was a producer of this film? I did not know that until I did research. So Brad, the producers of the film are Brad Pitt, Dee Dee Gardner and Jeremy Cleaner. Now, interestingly enough, they also were all producers for World War Z, The King, and Ad Astra. So they're a team. They should call them uh, Team Pit. Team Pit. (laughs) (laughs) But unlike these three, often the films they make are brilliant. Like World War Z, brilliant. The King, amazing. Ad Astra, brilliant. And now we have Beautiful Boy. And there were other ones. Those were just three that I decided to 
pickouts. So the cast for this film, it was a very, very, very strong cast. We obviously have Steve Carell, which for me was very interesting to watch because I'm on The Office, as I've said in previous shows, so I'm watching The Office, and he is the main, one of the main characters in The Office. But in The Office, he is completely opposite to what he is in this film. So it was actually nice to see that side of him because he generally does... Comedy. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, this man is the voice of Gru. Yes. From Despicable Me. Yes. This is Gru. So it's, it's completely opposite to whatever else he's done. There was also Amy Ryan, and she's also in The Office, and she's like the female version of Steve Carell's character in The Office. So also for her, she was the mom of Timothy Chalamet or Nick Sheff. Um, so her role also was completely contrasted to what she, to what I've seen her. And then the so Steve Carell's character he remarries and he marries the the actress's name is Mara Tierney. She apparently also is in the office. I haven't gotten to that part of the series yet, so I haven't seen her yet. But she, I thought she was very good. And then I enjoyed Jack Dylan Grazer who played one of the young versions of Nick. Ryan, did you recognize him? Was that the first guy, right? Yes. Yeah, when I first saw him, I'm like, ah, oh, no, come on, no, no, please, no. Because the, the boys, the, the boys just got this, like, really happy, like, But did presence. you recognize where he's from? Yeah, he he, uh, he played also in um, Shazam. Yes, he was just in Shazam. That's where I first saw yes. him. And I was just like, oh, it's that guy, but... But he was also so different yes, in Shazam. I was just about to yes. say, he, he, he wasn't that, like... You know, that kind of character. It was just straightforward, very happy, got yes. this happy presence. And I was just like, please, this movie needs to be happy. Because <laughs> this boy's cool. I, I dig this guy. And then, we, so he played the young version of Nick Sheff. And then Timothy Chalamet played the older version of Nick Sheff. And mm. I remember watching in interviews them saying that he came in and did... I think they, they did, they chose... Steve Carell for the role of the father and then obviously they did auditions for the, 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 the boy and they said, even Steve said when he came in and they, they like improved and did things after, after he left they were just like this is, this is, this is our actor because he was, he was really good now the, Timothy Chalamet is skinny right, he is skinny, he's naturally skinny but the director said to him, so Felix went to him and said I want you to lose 15 pounds for the film. Now, Timothy said his original response was, but I'm already skinny. And the director was like, I know, but I want you to be skinnier. And he really was thin in the film. So he, the director wanted him to lose 15 pounds. He actually lost 18 pounds for the film. He also had a consultant and doctor on set to ensure that his acting as a drug addict was realistic and authentic which I think was very good. Great. It was very, and he also said that he, he did sit down with the actual Nick Chef. Um, they, were, they were very involved in... The, like they would come on set and do all sorts of things, and he said he really spoke to him as well about um, just the, the whole like, experience and bringing it across. But the one thing he said that was nice was they didn't say to him, this is a biopic. So what a biopic is, is it's, a, it's literally a biography in film form. But, and when they do that, often the actors now, you know, they become very, like, particular, like, they make sure that they pick a cup up correctly, you know, like, they pick it up like that person would pick it up, but they actually didn't say to, you need to get Nick Chef down to a T, 
they've said just bring across the performance. So he said that was very nice because he, he almost said freedom. Obviously, he would take in from, you know, different sources and that, but he really did have freedom to bring across the character, which was, I think, was pretty cool. What I found really, really interesting was when I checked the interviews afterwards, um, I don't know if you saw, like, how they did a lot of the, uh, like, pictures. Mm. You saw the yes. boy and the father together, a lot of the pictures. Um, the way the father looks, and obviously in a movie what they do is they try and find an actor that looks as close as possible. Yeah. And they did that, like, super no, really, duper Especially well. with Timothy and the actual Yeah, chef. I was just like, yeah. wow. I was just like, sure, so close, so yeah. well. No, that was yeah. very well done. So the first scene shot for the film were the most intense. And can I just say, the opening of the film was brilliant. I was just like, yeah. It, it caught you. It just, you were there from, from literally the first time. So the film starts with Steve Carell's character. He's gone to a, I think it was a doctor. Yeah. It was a doctor, right? Yes. He's gone to a doctor and he's, he's telling him that his son's on doing crystal meth. And he, he, he but he literally says a paragraph it's a, and the camera doesn't move off him once the camera just it doesn't even zoom no it's i was just, looking it's, for it it's a still it's like the yeah. most basic boring shot or it, like to to start a yeah. film like that is not the the way to go generally but the way they did it and the way steve Carell acted, it was brilliant it yeah. literally and then later on in the film they go back to that point so they they then jump yeah, they jump back in the timeline, yeah. and then later on, you go back to him now. At the, but it was brilliant. It reminded me of like a a, a monologue. Yeah, yeah. yeah top, no, obviously, you're the doctor's voice. Yes. But it's you know if you, th if you think about the timeline now, usually when you watch movies today, there's a pivot point around that moment that they go yeah. back to the beginning. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was a mm -hmm. uh, what was it? Did it say one year later or something like? I think it was earlier. One year earlier. It was one year like earlier. earlier yeah. And then it comes forward, so it gives you a good background, and it says right. So and then back to that moment, they obviously cut out a bit of the conversation, so you see a bit of the beginning, first two lines. Yeah. And then it like continues from Which there. Which I thought was clever because I often it was they cool. just repeat it, but the fact that they like they just they caught yeah. you up to speed. Like, okay, right. you heard that in the beginning. Now we're continuing on. So the first scene shot for the film were the most intense, according to the director. And it involved Timothy Chalamet's character being hospitalized for a drug overdose. So these were the first few scenes that, that were actually shot. Chalamet was instructed to lose weight a couple of weeks before the filming of the hospitalization scenes and subsequently rested to recover in order to complete the rest of the shoot. Because obviously... He had to deteri uh, deteriorate with the whole drug overdose and all of that. But he actually had to rest and recover in order to complete the rest of the shoots. He stated that there were numerous doctor visits and close calls during shoots saying, your mind knows you're acting, but when you drop 20 pounds and you're under a rain machine for eight takes in a t-shirt, your body doesn't know you're acting. So it did actually take quite a toll on his physical body. Yeah. But... So that's, that's what the actors are willing to do to, you know, get across. It's yeah. quite interesting how they did it. Because uh, obviously with something like that, you would you could either uh, sort of shoot in linear. So in other words, you can say, okay, let's shoot the good part of Nick first. Yeah, true. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then deteriorate as we shoot. Yeah. But they actually did it the other way around. The other around. way around, yeah. Yeah. So the real Nick Chef, who is the, the, the he's the son and he had the, the, the addiction he, he was the one that was addicted. He stated in a Q&A that 
the drawing book that David, Steve Corral in the movie, finds of his, son addiction, his son's addiction struggles. So he, um, in, the, in the film, the father finds... But the writing. Book. Yes, so, and then he pages and you, you see his, the son's basically telling his experience but through words and pictures. That, that, actual, that actual art, so the book that you see in the film, that was actually drawn by Nick Sheff's real half-brother, Jasper Sheff. So, you know, the little blonde boy, uh, he obviously is more grown up now, but he yeah. actually, the actual Jasper Schiff, he, he drew that. So, the, yeah, they actually brought that into, uh, that, not that the, the other brother was on drugs, but he actually drew right. that. Yeah. And then co-screenwriter Luke Davies is himself a recovering addict. During the 80s, Davies developed a dependency on heroin, which led him on a path of self-destruction. He managed to overcome his addiction in 1990, and later, he also turned his experiences into a novel called Candy, which was published in, mid, in mid-1998. The novel was later also turned into a film in 2006, with Davies co-penning the screenplay. So he also was involved in addiction, and then wrote a book and also films come out based on his book so we obviously mentioned that this film was based on the two books that the st- that the son and father wrote and the title of this film and the book is based upon um a beautiful boy is based from one of john lennon's songs where he actually it's a beautiful boy darling boy author don Schiff famously famously interviewed john lennon on, in the months leading up to the release of their album Double Fantasy in 1980, he was then murdered three weeks after its release on December 8, 1980. But I thought that was pretty cool that David Sheff, so the father, actually did an interview with John Lennon because he was a writer. So he did an interview with John Lennon just before their album was released and then John Lennon was tragically killed oh. in the December of that year. Now, this I was shocked by. The editing of this film took seven months in total, during which the movie was completely recut multiple times. Initially, Nico Lunen, who was the collaborator, he collaborated with the, the director, he wasn't involved in the project. However, the director became dissatisfied with the editing process and brought him in to Los Angeles to reconstruct the film. Like the shots and... So in other words, the editing, yeah. So the way they edited it and everything, they literally recut it multiple times. And it took... Editing... Think about it. Editing doesn't normally take you long. It's not the edit that can take long. Generally, it's all of the other stuff. So it's your your CG work, if there is. It's your coloring. Do you understand? Generally, the cut itself, you can get a cut done pretty quickly. This cut, just the cut, the edit, took them seven months. And it's because the director wasn't originally happy, so he, he kept recutting, and then eventually he got a long-time collaborator, his friend Nico, involved, and then I think that's when he was now happy with the, the edit of the film. And then also, prior to filming, the director arranged for two weeks of rehearsal with the cast, which is a common practice in Flemish productions, but not in Hollywood. So he, he kept his style up, even though he was doing a Hollywood film. One of the scenes with Jack Dylan Grazer and Steve Corral was shot at a school beside a hill with sheep living on it. While filming, the sheep interrupted the shots by making noises and bleating for approximately 30 minutes. Wow. Right? So that must have been so frustrating. Can you just imagine for everyone? And just like, standing there. Oh, and they sheep... 
That's when you want to get a gun and even though you don't kill animals, you love them. But that's when you want to get a gun and just shoot them. But that must have been so frustrating for like the actors because, you know, they're trying to get it across. Plus on top of that, like uh, Jack didn't Grazer was, he, I mean, he was one of the younger versions of Nick Chef. So he is, he wasn't, a, he was a child though. He wasn't, I think it's, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're dealing with a child here. Yeah? Plus you've got sheep. Plus you've got a schedule. Plus, yeah, that must have been quite frustrating for them. Sheep so they, can interrupt. Yeah, for, for 30 minutes, a whole 30 minutes, they had to stop because they were sheep that wanted to make noise. Right. <laughs> and then, and Andre Voyo, who plays Timothy Chalamet's sponsor, Spencer. So in the film, there's um, Nick Chef as a sponsor. Um, the, the actor who plays him, he is best known perhaps for his previously played role, which he also acted as a drug addict, and that was in the film The Wire. So he also played a drug addict in the film The Wire, which came out in 2002. And then Steve Carell and Amy Ryan previously appeared together as a couple in The Office. Cameron um, Crowe was attached to direct with Mark Wahlberg in the lead role. But I must be honest, I think Steve Carell was the person to go with. I don't think... Mark Wahlberg is a brilliant actor. I love his films. But this was Steve Carell. Yeah, it would have been a completely different feel. Yeah, it would have. Totally different. And Steve Carell, you you, you felt for him. You just... you The way... Like he was quiet. He was silent. Hmm. But... You, you just, you knew exactly how he was feeling. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if this is the right way to, say, to, to put this, but for me, um, with, with Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg, <laughs> it would have been like cinematic. So it would have been like, okay, cool, you know, superhero, like superhero dad. Yeah. yeah. But with Steve uh, Carroll, it sound, it's, it, it's, I know it's a movie, but it, it would have been less cinematic. Yeah. It just would have, it's more Realistic. Life. Or, yeah, like more Realistic. Have you noticed something about, about Steve Carroll? The, his acting. There's something very like, it's weird, mm. but there's, there's something dry about the way that he speaks. Yes. But at the same time, it works so well. No, it's brilliant. You know? He really <laughs> is so a good weird. actor. He really, really he is, is a good actor. And I know, so I've been watching The Office now since December last year. And in The Office, there's times, so he plays Michael Scott. There's times you love him. There's times you hate him. There's times you're cringing. There's times you feel sorry for it. But like, you never, you go through a range of emotions with him. Like you never, you can never put your finger on exactly how you feel towards Michael Scott. In, in the, in the, that's the American version yeah. of The Office. Do you know there's other versions of The Office? Eh. There's a, the, the original one was the British one. And then they made the American one. The Office. The Office. The, the Office. Yes. That was the, the original one, but that one only ran for one, for one season. The American one went on for, I think, for much two, longer. 200 and something episodes, mm. yeah. But the acting was, was... And this proves how brilliant this film is. So if you're not sure if you want to go watch this film, this is going to give you a reason to go watch the film. So the film was premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival in Toronto, Canada on September 7, 2018. And after it... After the film was watched, it received a standing ovation. Yeah. You don't get stand. You don't just get standing ovations. Like you don't. You really don't. Well, something about this film. You see what makes this film, and we've spoken about this before. There's empathy and sympathy, and the biggest. Yeah. This movie Ooh. like messes you up, mm, man. It does. 
you, because you watch, you, you know it grips you in, right? And, and, and if you haven't listened to, to our, our show on this, on sympathy and empathy, sympathy is, okay, I understand what, uh, what, what Nick is going through, so I really feel sorry for him. But the thing that you feel for the most is the father yes. because you've seen what the father goes through. You see how much the father loves the, the boy and you see how the boy is just messing his life up and you're really, really in there with the father. And mm. there's at the end where he's like, sorry, son, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> and you're like, ah. You're just like, no, it really yeah. is. I think that's what made it so well was they Empathy. told it from the point of view of the father. Yeah. So you, and I mean, they didn't, they, they showed you how his addiction, it really was an addiction. It wasn't something, it, it was... The, an addiction isn't it's an addiction do you get it? it's not that they want to do it it's that they this i thought this was very good so um this is a it's an amazon original um yeah which, which was, it was very, very for the first good. time i saw the logo in the beginning right. i don't think i've seen it before it's like oh You're amazon like, oh, wow. hmm. you know it was very good i actually watched it on prime video so if you want to know where to watch the film you can watch it there but um he so the, the actual Nick Chef itself. So they did like this whole 20-minute behind-the-scenes like interview slash, you know, all of these things. And he actually said these words, which I thought was, it was very, it, it, it really just like gave you his insight into the whole story. So the actual Nick Chef, by 2018, he had been sober or he had been, um, he, what's the word? How do they term it? Yeah, sober. Yeah, yeah. So for about eight and a half years. That was clean. Clean, thank you. That's yeah. good. So at, by 2019, he'd been clean for eight years. But he said that was he'd been clean from um, the hardcore drugs. So before that, he did stop the, crest, the crystal meth before that. But what he said was he tried to then just drink and, you know, sometimes smoke pot. But he said for, for he's been completely clean from everything for just over eight years. And he said this, anytime I put a mind-altering substance in my body, it immediately creates the phenomenon of craving. And then he said, it's like being taken over by a demon that I can't get out of me once I let it in. So he actually said he can't do any of it. He can't even do the alcohol and the he because as soon as it, that happens, it's... He can't control it. It's, he literally says it's like a demon that takes over. Yeah. And if he lets it in, it's, he's, he's finished. He's like... And you see that in the film. You see there's a point where he relapses. And you're just like, no! Like a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. And then one time, you're just like, what are you doing? Not again. Why? Yeah. And that, that one was really bad. But and, and it was really nice to actually see the footage of him now today. Yeah. It's like a recovered addict and... You're just like, well, that's what I said afterwards. Yeah, I mean, um, after the movie, I'd gone and searched up because uh, I was looking at interviews on on YouTube with, uh, you know, with the movie cast. Yeah. And then, you know, YouTube recommends. And then I saw like, and it was quite funny because when I searched the video, I was like, beautiful boy. And then you are Nick and uh, what is the boy's David. David, Nick and David. And you're looking at the thumbnails. I'm like, that's not Nick and David because that's not Steve and Timothy. <laughs> and, then, and then when I watched the interview, then I watched the director talking about yeah. his relationship with the original. And I was like, wait a minute, go back. I'm like, that is Nick and David. That's the real Nick and David. Yes. And then when I also saw the interview and it, I was like, I mean, the uh, Nick is writing books. He's even a producer of a film on Netflix. 
So really? yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, I can't remember what the film is called, but like he, he's, there's a lot of this stuff awesome. that he's doing. I, I, I think the father's a writer. Am I right? The father was the father's a writer and the son's a writer. Yes. Yeah. So f- for me, I was I was make like oh look like father yeah. like son. Oh that's cool. No, no, it was oh that's cool. nice. One of the things the production designer and the costume designer said was very nice is that they had a lot of photographs to work with. So when doing like the different, you know, they brought in different memories or different parts of the the family's life and what they were going through. But they actually said it was very nice because they had a lot of photographs to work with. So it was easy to almost replicate. And then also the sets of the film, not the sets, the locations, because they filmed on location. They were amazing locations. Like, they, they really they really got and one of the things they said was they filmed where the family was actually and they said that's what it would have looked like but then the other thing they said also which I thought was very cool was if you look at where Timothy so Nick Chef where he grew up I mean he grew up in luxury he grew up in a beautiful house you know it was warm it was family orientated and yet he still got caught up in addiction and they were saying it doesn't matter who you are where you come from what your social status is how much money you have addiction is a real challenge and anyone can fall into it and they actually say it's an epi- it is it's an epidemic today like the amount of people that are addicted and all of that so the but the way they really wanted to get across that it doesn't matter where you come or what how much of a good life you may have addiction is still very possible well something that really surprised me was um in an interview um he the nick nick chef he started smoking uh weed at 11 years old in whatever small school middle school primary school that's (laughs) what we call it yeah we call it primary school (laughs) and when the father went to the teacher and had a conversation with whatever the school council they said yeah look quite it's it's quite normal you know it's to suppress whatever blah 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 and he said I wish he said I, I wish they had said listen it's a problem this is not cool what's going yes. on you know how can we try and help him out of this I mean like what the heck like if my kid was smoking weed at 11 years old I mean there's that, a problem uh, in fact if he's smoking weed at all but yes. <laughs> I'm just saying at, at such a young age yeah. and you know what also the problem is and it's one of the things that you, you they actually portray in the film is the father did it with him at one point yeah and that that was one of the mistakes he made was and as parents it's a thing of as don't like it's a thing for parents to give their kids alcohol or like even when I was in primary school here in South Africa we call it primary school that's your lower grades um like I I had friends yeah. and they'd be like yeah my mom let me try out wine and you like you don't do that don't don't be that parent because you might be able to control it but what I've noticed is the next generation it just it gets a whole lot gets worse, worse. Yeah. really you might be able to control it it might have just been an experiment or a phase for you, but then your child now is a complete addict. And the the stats that they also gave, like with the whole, like specifically what crystal meth does to your body, that was crazy. Uh, was like, that was Whoa. just like, oh my goodness, yeah. But the film really is a good film. It, it's it's worth the watch. I would really suggest you go and watch it. It is a drama, so it's not it's it it is heavy at times, but it really is a it's a brilliant film. It's very well done. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. So that is Beautiful Boy on the movie show. I feel like we're giving you movies that you wouldn't normally find that are good. And yes. we're giving you the opportunity yes. to watch them. That's what I said, Tasha. I said, because I've picked out a couple of movies and we've watched it and it's been like, 
Ryan, where did you get this movie from? <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, this movie's terrible. So now it's just like, Sashi, uh, what are you watching? Because just, I don't know, like, all these good movies just randomly pop up and say, you know, ring a doorbell. But I do, re- no, I, finding a good movie, it, it takes effort. Like, but you have I to sit, watch the trailers, eh? I sit down first. Often I find, I look at actors, because I'm like... I, I feel like we have to do a show on this. Yeah, how, how to, to find a good, good movies. movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is effort. And then sometimes you don't get it right. Those are, I hate those moments. But then you do get that. When you get it right, you're like, ah, oh, that was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's... Sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't. Yeah. But this one was, this one was right. It's a gamble. Yes. This one was yeah. a gamble, actually. And I watched it with my family. I was like, if this is bad, I'm sorry. I haven't watched it. I've been wanting to watch it, but... Yes, but it and it turned out, out to be good. It turned out to be good, yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is the movie show, right? Show on Active FM. And don't forget, you can catch us next week. Mm-hmm. Every week. Brilliant. Next week movie is good. Next week's it movie. It is good. Next week's movie is good. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, this movie. Ryan, you're going to enjoy this movie. I hope so. <laughs> Actually, I always do so. <laughs> right. So we'll be back with another good movie for you next week. But yeah, for this week, we are signing out. Until next time. Peace out. Cheers. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Gap and Twitter at ActiveFM, Instagram at ActiveFM777, and Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM.